Well, hey everybody, welcome to our online campus. I'm so thankful that you're here with us today. My name is John, I'm one of your pastors, and today I'll be your online campus pastor. And so, as I said, we're very thankful that you're here with us today. We understand that some of you may be here with us for the first time, and if that's you, we wanna know. Could you just text the word new here to uh, the number 818-818, just to let us know that this is your first time here with us. We'd love to just greet you and say welcome to our online campus. Now, there are a few things going on here at the church that I want you to know about before we head into worship. And the first is, we are so excited about Christmas. Uh, always, of course, especially this year. And this year our theme is surprise. And so we have so many good surprises for you uh, at Christmas time. And so first off, I wanna let you know when you can watch or when you can attend services here at the Fontana and Upland campuses. So we have services at noon, two, four, 6 p.m. and a special candlelight service at 11 p.m here on the uh, Fontana campus. We also have our Upland service at 6 p.m. and our Agua de Vida service here on the Fontana campus at 5 p.m. on Christmas Eve. And so all of those services are also available online. I think you can probably find one that fits your schedule, uh, but wanna let you know too, every service is actually gonna be different. Each one is gonna have a different surprise. And so you may just wanna, if you're celebrating at home, you may just wanna have it in the background watching as you can watch each surprise for each service. Uh, we also have New Year's Eve service coming up. That's going to be here at the Fontana campus and at Upland campuses at 5 p.m. live, and you'll also be able to watch those online. And this is a great time if you've ever been to one of our New Year's Eve services. Um, you understand that it's a special time when we're able to write letters to God, and it's kind of a neat thing because you write the letter, kind of putting a timestamp on where you are with the Lord during this moment and this time. And then in six months, we mail that letter back to you and you get to see where you were at and what God has accomplished in your life over the past six months. And so you won't wanna miss that service. It's gonna be great. Uh, also wanna let you know that if you wanna participate in year-end giving, I know Pastor Dan mentioned it uh, last week, giving toward the building as we're trying to retire the debt that we have. If you wanna help out with that, you can jump in right now and you can give through the app or you can give through uh, wateroflifecc.org, our website. Uh, and you can also give on campus here in at Upland. Uh, you, uh, you can also mail those gifts in uh, to the office. Now the office isn't open right now, but you can mail those in as long as they're postmarked or you get your giving in by Thursday, December 31st. And so we just wanna thank you so much for that. And of course, uh, as part of our service today, if you wanna worship, you can worship through, the, through giving your tithes and offerings through the app or through our website. And so as we trans transition into worship, I just wanna encourage you. Uh, that God knows where you're at. He knows what's going on in your life. There's a verse I wanna share with you that I read this week that I just love for this season. Of course, it's a, it's a familiar verse, um, but I think it has a special meaning for us right now where we're at. This is Isaiah chapter nine. It says uh, in verse six, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And the thing I love about this is that this was written in about 740 BC, before Christ was even born. And so God had the problems of his people, the situations of his people in mind hundreds and hundreds of years. And he was making a plan hundreds of years before the problems even arose, before their situations ever even precipitated. And so I think about what you may be going through right now and how we need a Prince of Peace right now, how we need uh, a God who sees what's coming before it ever even comes to us. And so God, today, we just come to you as the Prince of Peace. I pray that each one who's listening to my voice right now would experience the glory 
of the newborn king would experience uh, the Prince of Peace in this season, Father. And so we come to you in worship today knowing that you're always going to show up for us. You always have a plan in line for us. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's head into the worship center right now. They're about to start.
And you know what, y'all? We're not done.
Set me free. Sing that 
Jesus for, for, for being born in this crazy, crazy world. We're so glad that you feel our sorrows and you know our challenges and the difficulties that we face. God, you can identify with us and we're forever grateful. We're forever grateful. We're, we're, we're so appreciative of your sacrifice and we love you today and we promise to give you all the praise God in this Christmas season we will give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus name and all God's people said oh come on you can do better than that all God's people said amen amen well, God bless you. Did you have fun during worship? Wasn't that fun? <laughs> Amen. Well, welcome to Water of Life, and we want to take this opportunity to also welcome and thank God for our online community in Townsville as well. And so before you take your seat, you know the new high five is an air high five. Amen. <laughs> so if you could turn around and just wave and give an air high five to, to those that are around you. Welcome them to Water of Life. God bless you all. Merry Christmas. We love you. Everybody, how you doing? Yeah. Wow, okay. Well, hopefully those of you at home are yelling a little bit louder than that at your computer screens and your TVs. We are super glad that you're with us. And um, we can try that one more time. Can you guys say hi to everybody that's hanging out at home this weekend? Yeah. All right, there we go. They love you. And up and we just want to say we love you guys. We're so glad that you're with us this weekend, too, in our Townsville campus all the way out in Australia. It's awesome to have you guys with us. And so we just want to say to our online community, our pastors are here for you to care for you. If you're not one of our chat communities, please jump over there if you need somebody to care or pray for you. We are here for you guys through this incredibly different, unique season of life. That's a nice way of saying a really hard year, isn't it? All right, how about this group over here? Can... So we're in a really hard year, amen, anybody? Come on, all right. Well, uh, <clears throat> we're not friends yet. Apparently, uh, we'll be friends by the time we're done here today. And uh, we just wanna say welcome. We are super glad that you're with us. You are in, it is Christmas week. Um, I may, this is, this is the truth. This is what happens when you have been around church for too long. You start switching Christmas and Easter. Does anybody, anybody ever done that? Yeah, so if at any time today I say Easter, you just roll with it, say amen, and we're just gonna go, okay? Uh, my name is Shane, and if we've not met, it's an honor to be with you this weekend. We do have a fantastic Christmas week planned for you. And so here's what we just want to say to you. Listen, um, we've talked through the surprises of Christmas. We're going to talk about them some more. And we just want to point you to Christmas Eve and say, hey, listen, no matter where you are, whether you've got to be at home, online, whether you get to come in person, we just want to say this. We have taken some of the opportunities that we didn't get to take advantage of this year because of our newfound scenarios. And we've 
funnel all that resource into our Christmas Eve services. And we're going to bless people in our community in a huge way. And you don't want to miss that. Every single one of the four services will be different in what we do and the surprises. But the surprises are going to take the community outreach resource that we usually use for things like trunk or treat and other events. And we're going to partner with people in the community who have given tens of thousands of dollars to bless people in our community, in our church family. And we're really excited to get to do that. So can't tell you what we're doing. You got to come see for yourself, but you don't want to miss it. Now, I don't know about you, but the Christmas story is a little bit interesting. Well, at least a once upon a time it was. If you've been around church for very long, the Christmas story starts to sound about the same every single year, does it not? This is the part where we say yes and amen. All right. So the Christmas story starts to feel a little bit the same every time. Now, granted, I grew up in church. I'm one of those people that this Christmas story is not full of surprises anymore. And we talked about that last week. And we're going to jump back into that this week. Because the problem with for us is familiarity with things takes the uncertainty out of them, doesn't it? Yeah. And when that's, see, we're, we're good. I like, come on, man. See, the thing about uncertainty is uncertainty, well, we'll get to this in a second, is the thing that surprises need. And so often we're not surprised by the things that God has done around us or doing in us. Or for some of us, we've never even stopped and recognized God wants to do something significant with us. And we're going to stop and get back into that. But before we do that, let me catch you up. Because if you weren't with us this uh, past week, we talked about the story of Ruth. And really the story of Ruth was a big surprise. Here's why. Because it was not the lineage, not the origin story of the creator of the universe coming to humanity that you'd expect it to be, right? Here's the problem. Uh, Ruth, well, we'll talk about this in just story, doesn't exactly like a scrupulous character. There are problems with the origin of Jesus. And those problems are beautiful because they get weaved back into the human story. And it connects him directly to us. Now, if you were with us last week, you heard this, but I thought it would be worth us touching on again. Because we talked about and we used this analogy of a box last week. And we just said this. And you can jump to that first slide. Often the box of life that looks like loss, that appears to be insufficient, or is literally imperfect, is the doorway that God so often chooses to do his best work and surprise us. It's all easy to say yes and amen when you're at church, but when the boss gives you the bad news, you get the bad news. It's hard to remember those things, isn't it? That in those moments is when God wants to lean into those things. Now, I don't know about you, but anticipation around Christmas has kind of just dwindled over time. Anybody? Come on, let's just be honest. Over time, it's like, oh, man, I just got to, like, I know, most of you already know what your spouse got you for Christmas because you went into their Amazon account and you already looked. And you're like, oh, that wasn't really what I wanted. Thanks, honey. You swapped it out. You returned it before you even shipped, didn't you? You bought yourself the one you wanted. Now, here's the thing, though. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I got really excited about Christmas because it was the anticipation, the unexpected nature, the uncertainty of what I might what? Yeah. And then, any of you ever cheat at Christmas and go find the presents? Oh, unwrap them, figure out what your parents got you, and then put it back together again? We're in church, don't lie. Come on. Now, here's what you and I both know. The second that you discover what it is, the excitement, the anticipation, the tension of the uncertainty is then what? And the excitement's gone. It evaporates in a moment because here's what we all know to be true. First of all, that life is one big uncertainty, isn't it? Because see, when you were a kid, you were looking for that bike at Christmas, right? Maybe it was a bike. If you were my generation, you were looking for the power wheels. You wanted to hop in that Jeep with the battery and just want to kind of like, you know, drive around all over your siblings and whatever else you could find, right? Come on. Some of you, the anticipation was let down when you were expecting some hardware at Christmas and you didn't get it. Come on. 
But always in this journey of life, we know that life is full of uncertainty. And it's one big uncertainty, isn't it? But yet somehow in our journey, we want the uncertainty to be gone because it makes us feel safe. But we'll get there in just a second. Because here's what we know. Maybe we haven't thought about, but this is true for all of us, that uncertainty is a prerequisite for surprise. Because without cert- with certainty, there is no space for surprise. Because certainty itself eliminates the fertile ground that surprises require. Remember that present. As soon as you knew what it was, it's no longer a surprise. It's no longer the anticipation, the tension. It's no longer there between what might happen and what will happen. See, I don't know about you, but I like stories. And I think most of us really like stories that are full of uncertainty. We love it when a character doesn't really know their future, when we don't really see the outcome. We get to sit in the tension of that uncertainty, don't we? Love it. Every great story requires huge amounts of uncertainty. The problem for us is that most of us are absolutely great with it being in a story. We just don't like it in our story. Now, here's the thing. Christmas isn't really what it used to be. The older you get, spoiler alert, kids, it gets less and less surprising. But yet somehow, we can step back and take a look and realize that Christmas isn't just about a day. It's about what God is doing in us, with us, and through us. Because as we'll discover in a few minutes, the real surprise of Christmas has nothing to do with presents. It has everything to do with what, well, we'll get there in just a second. But here's the thing. Over time, we've replaced our excitement with mature responsibilities or sensibilities. The wonder's gone. The anticipation fades, right? Everybody's like, no, this isn't the Christmas story we want to talk about. But it's a true one, isn't it? But Christmas is faded because it's no longer unknown. So what next? What's the journey look like for us? Because if we look at Jesus' journey, it's a little bit different and not quite exactly what we expected, is it? But the thing that we can do, the thing that we can walk through is begin to recognize that the uncertainty that is sitting inside of us is so often a breeding ground for God to do what he wants to do that we can rest with a little bit more confidence about what he wants to do. Now, we're going to jump into a couple of things, but I want to kind of lay the framework for a little bit of what we want to do today. I hope that as you come in and we've talked through surprises that you will walk through these surprises with us. And I want to ask you to do something today. As we journey through this, I'm going to pray for us in just a second. But what I want to do is ask you to do something simple. Would you ask yourself a question, one simple question? Why am I so afraid of the uncertainty? What is it inside of me that needs absolute control? Because we all struggle just a little bit with that, don't we? We'll jump down here. I want to share a couple more things with you really quick, and then we'll jump into our time of prayer. But here's just what I want to ask you to do. Would you be honest today? Could we be honest for just a minute as we journey into what's been a really hard, hard year? Could we be honest today? You don't have to be honest with me. You just need to be honest between you and your heavenly father, because here's the thing. The splendor of Christmas, don't forget this. The splendor of Christmas really never had anything to do with presents but in fact is fully connected to his presence. And when we stop and we're transparent, we're honest with our heavenly father, and maybe some of us for the very first time, we've never experienced that before. He wants to show us who he is. And we'll discover in just a little bit what Paul talks about, 
how much he absolutely loves us. Heavenly Father, would you carry us through this moment? God, would you make us excited to be transparent and honest with you, knowing that in that connection with you, something supernatural happens, Father, because it's in, it's in those most uncertain moments that you do your best work. We allow those uncertain moments to happen. And will we not run from them? Will we lean into them, believing that you could do something significant with us, in us, and through us? Jesus, in your matchless and precious name we pray. And everybody said. Now, a little recap for you. Um, that... And a little just kind of background, listen, Christmas itself, the Christmas story, the story of Jesus' birth was actually a surprise by design. Don't forget this. Watch this. I'll run through these just in case you were wondering. First things first, let's just kind of get this out of the way. Jesus' lineage includes Rahab, who was a prostitute. Now, if you're writing an origin story for the creator of the universe who's going to come save the world, this isn't how you start. It's just not. This isn't the story that you want to watch when you're on. You want to watch the one that's uncertainty, but it's all perfect. You know why this is great? Because Jesus' uncertain story looks a lot more like yours and mine when you look at the whole picture. Uncertain. Failed, yet full of possibility. Mary becomes pregnant by the Holy Spirit. You explain that one to your mom. Mary is required to go... <laughs> required to go to Bethlehem on a donkey in her third trimester of pregnancy... All the men in the room that have had a wife who was pregnant know that is just a bad idea. My wife's almost in her third trimester, and she's in the room right now. I'm not even going to look, okay? Listen, bad idea, bad, right? But these are God's ideas. This is why it's so unique. It's bad to us, but it creates uncertainty that he wants to show up and move in. Oh, by the way, and then when they get there after riding on the donkey, there's nowhere for them to go. They get to go to the barn. Come on. This is the stuff that we look past because we've heard the story, and if you've grown up in church, you've been around church for a long time, you forget these things. Oh, and then if you just happen to be some shepherds in the neighborhood the day Jesus was born, some angels showed up and started singing to you. I'll let that sink in. And then if you're mom and dad, Joseph and Mary, some strange men from a foreign land show up weeks, maybe months after your son is born, and then bow down and try to worship your kid. And then give them a bunch of riches. Don't miss this for a second. This stuff's weird. It's okay that it's weird. But it's Jesus' origin story because it's full of uncertainty and it's fully human. Mary and Joseph and Jesus, they end up fleeing to Egypt. That is certainly not part of their story. Certainly not what they anticipated in doing, right? But here's what we know, that God is always the God of surprises from the moment that he parts the sea and the exodus for the people of Israel. He shuts the mouths of lions. He protects three men thrown into fire. God has always been in the midst of the uncertainty and he's always been in the midst of taking advantage of the uncertainty to create surprise for people. See, God is in the business for you and for me of doing this. He is always in the business of taking the less than ideal, the uncertain and doing his best work, which will always surprise you most of us would be okay to live without any of God's great surprises, wouldn't we? Come on. You and I are exactly the same when it comes to this. You're like, Those are great surprises. I'm totally okay if somebody else tells their story and I never have to have that experience. This is our story. Yet all of us find ourselves in places of life. We're begging God to surprise us and show up in our circumstance, aren't we? 
And then somewhere in the journey, we don't know what to do because sometimes he doesn't show up the way that we expect him to. And because of that, because of the pain, because of the uncertainty and how often he always seems to show up at the 11th hour, the 59 minute, and the 59 second, we're kind of okay without the stress, God. Right? But here's our problem, because fear. Because fear will often compel us to desire certainty and avoid the uncertain. And fear drives us to desire control over the things that God never wants us to have control over. In a world and a culture where we have the ability to control our house from our phone, we often have to face the reality that we can't control everything and that we aren't designed to. And that we were designed to have partnership with the people around us and our Heavenly Father and our Creator to help this life have meaning and be beautiful. But so often those moments leave us wondering why, don't they? Why does he work that way? Why in so many ways is God not showing up the way I wanted him to? And then when he did show up, it wasn't really how it looked, didn't really look how I wanted it to, so I didn't really give him credit for it. But the truth is, is he actually did show up. I just didn't want to admit that he showed up because then I could still be angry, disappointed, frustrated. See, Israel, Israel um, is an interesting story because leading up to Jesus' birth, there are 300 years of silence. We don't see any prophets speaking. God was still moving, doing things, but we don't have any prophetic words, no words directly from God to his people. Now, this is interesting because the words that are spoken by Malachi just before God goes silent for 300 years before John the Baptist shows up, something unique happens because they are given a promise. And this is interesting because the expectation that they're given in this passage gives way to disappointment over time. You might relate to this. And that disappointment over time when God didn't show up for 300 years leads to fear because God was silent. But before he was silent, he said this. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Look, I'm sending my messenger on ahead to clear the way for me. And suddenly, out of the blue, the leader you've been looking for will enter his temple. He goes on and finishes by saying this. Yes, the messenger of the covenant, the one you've been waiting for for 300 years, by the way. Look, he is on his way. This is a message from the mouth of God, of angels, a heaven angels army. Here's what he's saying. Hey, by the way, this is God talking to you. I'm sending someone for, to you. What he didn't say was how long. We've all been there. Creating the anticipation, the uncertainty, and then the surprise comes. But somewhere in the journey, the people of Israel got too disappointed, and the disappointment led to discouragement, and the discouragement led to fear, and that fear led to forgetting. Forgetting that God was always who he promised to be. And some of us today just need to stop wherever we are and remember this, that you and I are in the middle of uncertainty. In the middle of that uncertainty, it feels like we should be a little disappointed. It feels like we should be a little bit discouraged. See, most of us are pretty familiar with the idea that Jesus has gone silent or God has gone silent. Because somewhere in the journey, we think God probably doesn't like us enough to talk. But here's the good news about the Christmas story. And that's this. That the Christmas story was designed... <laughs> by design, to interrupt our disappointment, our despair, and the silence that was that 300 years, and maybe the silence in your life, with a great surprise. So the question for each of us, 
this Christmas, and it might sound like I'm finishing the message. We are not done yet. (laughs) Will we let it interrupt us? Between a global pandemic, maybe it's a divorce for you, maybe it's a cancer diagnosis for you, maybe it's a loss of a loved one for you, maybe it's a loss of somebody who passed away that you couldn't celebrate their life this year because of circumstance. Will we let him enter that moment? Some of us have never considered letting God enter any of our moments before. And you're just here because, hey, man, my family told me I had to come to church if I wanted to get a present at Christmas, so I'm here. (laughs) Look, Jesus, from the very beginning, was the master of surprise. And this is what sets him apart, not just his origin story, which was so unique. What makes Jesus even more profound is that from the beginning, he made a habit of revealing who God was by moving in the uncertain moments that were relentless in their ability to surprise. Have you ever thought about this? Jesus was a baby who made his mother. You'll figure it out later. He raises the dead. He walks on the water. He healed the sick, cured deaf, gave people their sight back. People were shocked by what he would say because in his journey, he would call himself God. And yet, ultimately, that wasn't the most important thing. The people that followed him closely, his disciples would ultimately say that they would discover the biggest surprises, that none of those things, none of the splendor, none of those surprises were ever the most important thing. In fact, they would discover that Jesus' greatest surprise came in his purpose, and his purpose being simply this, to unite people with their heavenly Father. Had nothing to do with raising the dead, although that was a really cool trick. It had displayed the splendor of God and God's ability to overcome nature, to steal water, walk on water, to raise people from the dead, to heal the sick. Those things were displays of God's authority over human nature. But it was never the purpose and never Jesus' greatest purpose because his greatest purpose had everything to do with the hearts of people. And he wanted to reach deep inside and his disciples caught that. And we would be remiss if we didn't stop and recognize all the tension and all the uncertainty that was created around Jesus took a long time for the disciples to ultimately understand what he was doing. See, he wanted to unite our Heavenly Father with all of humanity for all of time. Not just for a moment, but for the rest of history. Our Heavenly Father would be close and speak and touch and reach into our stories. Not through prophets and not through prophets that had voices, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. Not through priests who had good things to say, but through the person of people that would choose to follow them. And that ultimately would be the greatest surprise of Christmas. That God, creator God, in the middle of uncertainty would want to reach down and be part of this mess. And say, hey, by the way, the mess that you call a mess is something I'm beautifully recreating to bring glory to myself so that you and each other could love one another well. Now watch this. At some point, all of us, at some point in our journey, and this is important, I don't want you to miss this. At some point in our journey, our fear and uncertainty will be intersected by surprise, and it should lead us to wonder. Now, I don't know about you, but here's the thing. Most of the time, I'm trying to avoid fear and uncertainty. 
But yet God is of the mindset that he wants to take fear and uncertainty and rework them to do something really specific. He wants to point us to wonder. Now, I uh, had an experience, and somebody told me this, what happened. Um, after you have one kid, you're kind of like, oh, this is amazing. This is super cool, like this little gooey thing. And then you, you think, well, how could we have another one? There's no way I could love another one as much as I love this one. Parents of multiple children in the room, you know what I'm talking about, right? Somebody along, comes along and tells you this, said this to us. They said, oh, your heart just grows. <laughs> That's funny. I'm freaked out. This is the uncertainty of like, you know, having child number two, right? You're like, there's no way this little, this squeaky cute little thing, you know. How can I love another one? I can't even, I don't think I can actually love. And then it leads to wonder, doesn't it? That somehow God expands what's happening inside of us and does something profound with it. And it leads us to wonder, how, God, how? How is that possible? How is it possible for me to love even more than I thought I already could, or more than I ever thought I could? And then what leads us to wonder this, God, how could you love us? How could you take the uncertainty and shape those things? And Isaiah has a really good take on this. And he actually, in a very specific way, gives us a very good picture of what God says when we ask the question, why and how? Because so often the uncertainty that we wander through involves a bunch of, God, why did you do it that way? I don't know if I really am okay that you did it that way, if we're honest. But here's what Isaiah says, and I'll have you read part of this with me. Isaiah chapter 55. This is Isaiah speaking the voice of God to the people of Israel. It says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. Now watch this, and you read this with me. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Here's what we know. We need that to be true. We don't like it because, listen, we think God should operate the way that we want him to, show up in our circumstances just like we want him to. We want to get that one present that we want to get, right? Isn't this true for all of us? That in that uncertainty that we don't really like, we know this, that God will show up. Some of you have never stopped and recognized this. I'm just stop here for a second. Some of you have never recognized that God has always been enough for you. He has always shown up and he has always carried you through. But you hadn't recognized it because you didn't realize you didn't stop and recognize that he was working the entire time. I said, don't miss this. Don't miss that sometimes in the uncertainty, the anticipation, some of you have been waiting for things for years, living in that uncertainty. And to hear me say something like, God does his best work in the midst of uncertainty, you're like, yeah, right. You have no idea what my uncertainty is. You're absolutely right. I don't. But I do know this, that the best stories that are ever written, the best stories that are ever told, and the best ones ever watched are the ones that are full of uncertainty because they give way to great surprise. And yours is no different. Now, we talk about separate and be, and be really honest in these moments. We know this, that the uncertainty is usually the thing that gives, gives way to quitting. 
And the Apostle Paul has a really interesting take on chapter 8 of Romans. And he has this really interesting take because his take on this, and if you want to open your Bibles, you can to chapter 8 if you want to. His really interesting take on this whole idea simply is this. That he's going to write a letter to a bunch of his friends in Rome. Some of them he's never met. About 40 or 50,000 people were then followers of Jesus at this point in Rome. About 30 to 32 years after Jesus left the earth, maybe 35 years. Jesus has left the earth, he is resurrected, and Paul is going to write a letter. Listen, just think about this as we read this passage, as you read through ropes. Paul is going to tell us about his experience with God, his experiences with Jesus, and the stories that he's heard from those that walked with Jesus. He's going to give his account of what it means to follow Jesus from that perspective. And don't miss this, because this is where it gets interesting. Because Paul's writing a letter to a bunch of people he's never met, but he's trying to encourage them along. Some of them he knows, some of them he's met because we know that they were early in the church in Acts back in Jerusalem. And then they went, some of the Romans went back to Rome to plant these churches. But Paul, writing a letter saying he wants to come, wants to encourage these people. And he begins part of his conversation, encouraging them how they should follow Jesus. And then he begins down a road that I think you and I might agree may be the greatest surprise of Christmas and of all of life. He says this in Romans chapter eight. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else that we need? I'm gonna come back to that, just wait for a second. What Paul is saying is, by the way, if God was willing to go as far as he needed to to give up his son for us, won't he take care of the rest? This was his great demonstration of love, his greatest surprise is that he gave himself. So if he's willing to give up himself for us, why wouldn't he meet us in the rest of our needs? It's just Paul asking us a question. Who dares accuse us of whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. He goes on and says this, Who then will condemn us? No one. For Jesus Christ died for us and was raised to life for us and is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. And he's not done yet. He's kind of just getting warmed up. He goes on and he says this, Can anything, he's asking a question, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or we're hungry or we're destitute or we're in danger or we're threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. But this isn't his point. His point is ultimately this. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. Now, listen. All the surprises of Christmas, the virgin birth, God as a man, the star in the sky, the angels singing simple to simple shepherds, traveling to Bethlehem on a donkey, Jesus born in a manger, all point to one simple thing. He gave us life. He gave us a heart. And made in his own image, when we allow it, he can grow it as far and as wide as he needs to. See, um, we're going to come back to Paul in just a second. But the thing that we can't miss is that the greatest surprise of Christmas is that God would do whatever it would take 
to connect with you and to connect with me and to connect with all of humanity for all of time. This year has been one big surprise for all of us, hasn't it? <laughs> Come on. This is true. Let's just be honest here for a second. This year has been, for lack of a better word, a big surprise. Um, you know, for us, um, as a church family, and if, if you're just visiting for a second, we're just going to talk about some family business just really quick because I want to make sure that you understand why we're talking about this because this is all of us. You know, this year has been a great surprise. Uh, we went from being open and thriving and looking at what God was going to do next and how we're going to go and what's going to do and how we're going to plan new campuses and what, to, oh my gosh, we can't meet in person anymore. To, we can meet back in person, but everybody's got to wear a mask and we got to stay apart. And to, we can't meet anymore. Then we got to go outside. It's crazy, right? Now we're back inside and it's Christmas and it, listen. The craziest part about that has been this year is that maybe you were here last week and you heard this, is that in the middle of all this chaos, something really strange has happened for us as a church. In the middle of all this chaos, um, and you might have heard the, you know, kind of the word got out last week, that if our December year in giving is big like it has been the last few years and our church is continue, continues to be generous like it has been over the last several months and this entire year, um, we are on track to pay off the Fontana campus in January. Now, this is, I share, yeah, it's really good. I share that with you, not to encourage you just to be generous. You guys are already generous. This year has been incredible. When we talk to other churches, your generosity has been so profound that we've been able to be generous to other churches and help them stay open and bless their families and keep them going because of you. Because of you. Because, listen, in the middle of, don't forget this, in the middle of the uncertainty, you chose to be somebody else's surprise. You did. And get this, we're on track to pay off this property almost 24 months early. That's a surprise. That's a really big surprise. Now, here's the beautiful part about all that, and then we'll move on. The beautiful part about all that isn't that we're going to be debt-free. All that, that is great. All that is really important is that that sets us up to see what the next surprise is going to be as we prepare and believe for the future, what God wants to do with us in the future. Those are the most important things because he's not done yet. He's not done with you. He's not done with me. And as we're going to read in just a second with Paul, he is far from done with what he wants to do with people, to love the world, to change the world, to rescue the world from itself. Now, Paul goes on in Romans chapter 5, and this is important because we're going to jump backwards really quick because he does something really important. He points to what God's actual love is when he says this in Romans chapter 5. He says, but God showed his great love for us. Remember we talked about God's love as inseparable. That's what we just talked about. He's telling us what God's love is. He says, God showed us his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. This is the why. This is the whole crux of the whole thing. This is the why of Christmas. I know it's also the why of Easter, but you don't have Christmas and Easter without each other. Well, you and I were still a question mark. Well, you and I were still in uncertainty. He was certain about one thing. You were worth it. And he goes on in, verse, in chapter 8. He finishes by saying this. And this is, <laughs> I told you he's just getting warmed up. This is when he kind of, <laughs> and I am convinced that nothing, somebody say nothing, <laughs> that nothing can ever separate us from God's great love. Neither death nor life 
neither angels nor demons, neither our fears, oh, some of us need to remember this, our fears of today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's great love. No power in the sky, above or in the earth, below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born so that men may know. Listen, nothing can separate us from his love. That, that is the greatest surprise of Christmas, of life, and of all eternity. I want to read something to you as we finish today. Would you stand with me first? Some of you, I know you're filling in. I know some of you are sitting at home and you're trying to chase the kids out of the screen just so you can focus for a second. And I know you got a lot going on. There's a lot of uncertainty in our world right now, isn't there? But if there's one thing that we can hang on to, the one thing that all this circles that none of this is a surprise to our creator. None of it. And none of it means that he doesn't love us because things are hard. What it really means is that he is in love with us because he, all those years ago, chose to enter our story and journey with us. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what your journey has been like this year. Everybody's journey has just been hard. Some of you all journey have been insanely hard. And the greatest surprise of Christmas is that no matter what, you cannot run. Nothing can take it away. His love endures forever for you. He is in the business of taking your uncertainty, your pain, your suffering, and making beautiful surprises out of it because he did it first with his own life. Now, as you stand around, would you just bow your heads? I want to read something to you as we close. King David, a long time before Jesus was born, wrote this to be sung and read in the temple, but I thought today would be a great way for us to finish our time together and reflect. He says this in verse 11 of Psalm 5, but let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing joyful praises forever. Spread your protection over them that all who love your name may be filled with joy. And he finishes by saying this, for you bless the godly, O Lord, and you surround them with your shield of love. I don't know about you, but I'm sure most of us today could use a little bit of joy. Joy is the thing that gets robbed in uncertainty. And the greatest surprise is that in the middle of all that chaos, he still loves us. He's still going to meet us. He's still going to join us. He's still going to walk with us. And he is still going to forever love us. That is the great news of Christmas for you, for me, and for the entire world. Heavenly Father, would you help us to remember that today? No matter where we go, no matter where we journey, we can't run out of your love. 
Your love is relentless and it's in pursuit of us always. And Jesus, in the middle of the uncertainty, you're just asking for us to allow you to put your presence in the middle of it and make it a big surprise. But there are a bunch of us in here that need a real surprise to show up in a real way this year. And Lord, we want to be honest and just say, we need you to meet us. All of us do. Some of us have really specific acute needs right now as we walk into Christmas. And we want to just pray, God, that you would meet us where we are. We know that you're capable, we know that you're able, and that you are in the middle and in the business of rescuing people and being full of surprises. But God, we just need you to do it. Thank you for the reminder from Paul that nothing can separate us from your great love. Would we remember that? That we would be full of joy this Christmas because of what you want to do with us, in us, and through us. Jesus, it's in your matchless and precious name that we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Well, I don't know about you, but for me, it's so great to hear from Pastor Shane about this idea of Jesus' birth and the surprises that were kind of surrounding it that God is a God of surprises and he loves to surprise his people with good things. And sometimes they may not even seem like good things in the moment. They may be hard, um, but they ultimately are for our good. And so um, I want to encourage you before you head into your week, I know we're going to be all about Christmas stuff this week. And so I want to encourage you. Uh, we have a couple of kind of respond and reflect thoughts for you. You may want to take a screenshot or you may want to just write these down really quick. And the first is, I uh, want to encourage you to look at this verse in Isaiah. This is chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. And it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so I want to encourage you to reflect on that verse this week and kind of make it maybe a prayer prompt for you to think about his ways and what he's up to in your circumstances right now. And so the other thing I want to encourage you with right now is if you could um, respond to this idea, what is God inviting you to exchange for his thoughts and ways? What's going on in your life? What are you thinking about that he's asking for you to exchange for his thoughts and his ways? The second thing is practice praying with your palms open as a way of surrender as you release uh, maybe things that you're going through, things that you're may, you might be stressing about, or maybe even good things in your life, that you're releasing those to Him and just praying with your palms open like this as you, as you pray to God. And so let's even practice that right now. If you'd put your palms out wherever you are, unless, <laughs> unless you're driving right now, wherever you're at, you're watching, just put your palms open and I'm going to pray with you. God, we just release the things that we're holding on to to you right now. We know that in this season, uh, there's so many good things, so much to celebrate. But even the good things in our lives, sometimes we hold on to in, in an unhealthy way. And so, God, I pray that we would just release those things to you. We release the things that maybe have been anxiety for us or difficult for us. We, re we release things that maybe we're holding on to that are our, our identity, things that were not given from you. And, God, we open up our hands for whatever you want to place into our hands, whatever surprises, whatever good gifts you want to give to us, because we know that everything you do works together for the good of those who love you. So, Father, we thank you that you are a good father. We celebrate you this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks, thanks for being with us. If you need prayer today, you can always call into our uh, offices during the week, and you can also follow the prompts. If you're online and watching with the chat, your, uh, your, uh, those who are the chat moderators will put some instructions in there right now for how you can receive prayer right now through the chat. Well, God bless you. 
Have a great Christmas. We'll see you this week.